Hi, my name is Pastor Emmanuel Sekuma. Welcome to Church of Living Water Podcast. I know this message is going to be a blessing to you, but do me a favor. Please share so others can be blessed as well. So religion itself or knowledge of God does not automatically endure to being in light. So you can be educated in ignorance. You are educated to the letter, but you are still in darkness. So Paul said once we were in darkness, but now we are in the light. Now the last scripture to actually make my point before we pray. It's a second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Anoint your word, mighty Father. Cause me to get into the realm to pick on your thoughts and will not preach the letter of the word, but cause me to bring the spirit out. Grant us the hearing ear and an understanding heart that the letter will not just be, the word will not come in the form of the letter, but it will come in the form of the spirit. That will instruct our feet to be responsive to your word that at the end of the day, we will not end up being people filled with the word, but we will be the living epistle itself. And that will be the ultimate expression of God in man. We thank you for this privilege. We thank you for this opportunity. And all the things said, one of the things we must understand that each one of us, there is a life that is entrusted for us that we know not of yet. So, Paul used his various writings to actually introduce two dimensions of life. There is the God who created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Yet the Spirit of God was present, and then he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. And so our life is a summation of Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1 and 2. The problem is that the first day of the earth created by God, we noticed there was darkness because that is where God decided to let us know. Our life started in the triple darkness of the womb. So you were pregnant in a place of darkness. You were born from darkness and you were pushed into this realm called, you know, filled with sand but full of darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand that level of consciousness. That there is the material world, earth, there is time, and there is space, heaven. And one of the things that the things that we see came out of the things that are unseen. And so we need to appreciate and understand that. And so every one of you here, my ministry to you will only be beneficial if you are already in Christ. Because until a man is born again, he cannot live again. There is no life to a dead man. A dead man cannot respond. And so we are saved by grace. 
And so when we are talking about the supernatural person, we are talking about a renewed mind. A renewed man. A man who can appreciate the realities of creation. But many a time, we come to God by grace. We are saved, not of our own. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. We are saved by grace, not by works. Else any man will boast. But for us to remain in grace, we need to exert ourselves and respond into this new reality by faith. So we cannot appreciate in God with the carnal, carnal mindset. When you enroll to, do, to go to school to do a course, it's not your spirit that got enrolled. It's that which is on its way to death. That went to school. Your spirit was not part of it. And that is the reality we are all facing. Why? Because by one man, death entered into life. And if it is so, by one man, life can enter. By one man, life can enter. So by virtue of creation, by virtue of Adam's disobedience, all of us died. So people who, were, who are yet to be born is actually dead. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So nobody can be a Christian by osmosis. Being of Christian parents does not automatically make your children Christian. They feel Christianity as a religion. It doesn't mean crisis with them. The only way one can come to God is when they receive Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by him. And that is not something you can pass on to your children. You can live a life that will make Christian virtues valuable to them. So when they are grown enough, they will come to Christ. That is called born again. That introduced them from the realm of the natural to the realm of the spirit. Amen. And that is so for you to be the supernatural person, number one, we need to understand that to be carnally minded is death. To think the way the world groom us to think is death. The world system is based on the survival of the fittest. Nations do not deal with righteousness. They deal with natural interest. All of a sudden you hear uh, Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. But before Russia and Ukraine were many injustices. That happened. So what America may call wrong, or what they may call right, may be wrong to other people. But as long as it benefits their interest, and Christians cannot behave like that. There is a dimension that God begins to change every other thing. Hallelujah. And it's very important we understand that. So the first one is that we must understand that there are two realities going on. There is the seen realm and there is the unseen realm. Though we are in the seen realm, we are not of the seen realm. 
A Christian is somebody who can be seen physically, but their orientation is of heaven. The way we see things must not be the same. Your stature or your prominence or being famous is not based on what the world says. The least among them may be the greatest when it comes to heaven. Unless a corn of you fall down and dies, it abides alone. To the world, dying is something not to be desired. But to believers, dying is everything. Because until we die, we cannot live. Is that okay? And so we need to understand these things. And so the only way we can actually appreciate this is number one. We must be born again. Very important. There is no spirituality without beginning. In order for Jesus to qualify to be our deliverer, you cannot save anybody you refuse to identify with. For Jesus to save us, the word must become flesh and dwell among us. And we must behold his glory. So the son of God became the sons of men. So the sons of men, we can become son of God. Is that okay? And so being born again is actually admitting that we were dead. And we are now born in Christ. So we can grow in the realm of the supernatural. So the church is not a place to reflect our cultures. The church must be hope for cultures. The church cannot reflect our environment because the church is supposed to be the salt to reorient our environment. The problem is that we want to make our church seeker-friendly, not God-friendly. We prepare the place to meet the people rather than prepare the people to meet the God. Because when you come here and he is not here, you will come here broken and you will go broken. You will come here sick and go sick and go home sick. But when he show up, you will come here sick and you go healed. And that is what the consuming desire of our heart must be. Opinions of people must not define you. It is only what God thinks of you that matters. And that is, so we need to be born again. We must approach as children, what does it mean? Not childish, but childlike. We must have teachable spirit. We must be open to be taught. I'm still dealing with toddlers. I didn't start early. And you have to teach them to walk. They have the potential. Everybody starts with potential. But potential must only be a face. So you, they have the potential to walk. But you have to help them to walk. 
We cannot walk in God with an earthly mindset. So we got to be born again. Because you cannot feed a soul that is not born. Right? And so, number one, we start. Being a supernatural person, you start by being born again. It is only when you are born again that you live again. How do you get born? Remember, uh, this man called Nicodemus, he was a scholar. He was a godly man. He was part of the academia. He was part of the ruling class. As a matter of fact, we are told specifically that he was part of the Sanhedrin. They were the rule of 70. They sat on the seat of Moses. They were illuminated. They were religious men. Uh, when it comes to every other thing, they have the form of godliness. So if you are not spiritual, you think that they are very right. They were like clouds without rain. And he heard of Jesus and decided that I'm going to the light, but under the cover of darkness. And notice what happened. He said, good teacher, good master, we know that you are from God. Come on. We? Yes. We know that you are from God. Because no one can do what you are doing except God is with him. So there is private knowledge and public declarations. Why? Because you are competition. If we acknowledge you are from God publicly, we are pointing our congregation to you. So privately, looking at what we are seeing, we've come to the point of knowing you are from God. But we cannot admit because there are so many things about you we don't understand. Because our understanding of God is that of conforming to the norms of the traditions. And Jesus' opinion is that by your traditions, you have nullified the power of God. Jesus said, before you even approach, no one can see the kingdom. Unless they are born again. So with all your sanctimonious self and your verbosity and your scholarship and the articles you've written and all your religiosity, you cannot appreciate the ways of the kingdom. Why? Because you are still dead. You are not alive in God. Though you are a full grown man. You have to be born again. The guy said, how can I be born again? I'm already old. Already old. How can I? And Jesus said, but you are a teacher and you don't know these basic things. Maturity is not known in age. It's known in sacrifice. <laughs> Children fill themselves with things. What benefits me? But parents look at the interest of the children, not the other way around. So when you are in Christ to receive from him, you are still a child. The only thing you need is milk. Paul said, when I was a child, I behaved like a child. Everything must revolve around me. But when I became a man, I had to put 
push away childish ideas and say it's not what I will, but it's what destiny have designed for me. In other words, it is important for one to go down. John the Baptist said, I must go down in order for him to come because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It is about him. Christ crucified. There is an agenda. There is something that needs to be done. We have the whole Sydney and the whole Australia. And by the way, Australia is not a Christian nation because nations are not an entity within itself. Australia is a secular world. We need to evangelize Australia to come to the saving grace. Understand the power of the Southern Cross. The abilities of God to transform our communities by his word. The man look at Jesus. He said, how can I be born again? You have to be born by water and by the spirit. <sighs> that God, that your church needs you one more time. Jesus revealed himself to an old elder, an old man who has been a lover of God for years. On the island of Patmos, he said, in the day of the Lord, I was in the spirit. Physically, I am in Patmos. Already an up to Jairian, more than 80 years. years. I, they have tried to fry me. They have done everything, but they cannot steal my affection for God. Life has disappointed me, but there is something in God that makes it worthwhile. So even in prison, physically, I am living in a shram, but spiritually, I was in the spirit. You are not defined by your location, physical location. You are defined by your spiritual disposition. So in the day of the Lord, I was in the spirit. Where are you now? Are you in 58? What's the address? Elwood Avenue. No, you are not there. If you are here, then you are not part of the church. In the book of Hebrews, what happened is that when you come to the place of worship, you have not come to Emmanuel Sekumer's church. There is only one church of Christ. It's called the Universal Church. In the book of Hebrews, we are told that we have come to the mountain of the Lord, the Holy Jerusalem, where there are angels. We have joined the cloud of witness at the point of worship. You are transported from where you are to the very presence of God. It is not possible to worship God outside his presence. Let the Oh my God. And this is what we must understand. We are not in this physical building. We are in the very presence of God. And there is a throne room of grace that is flowing. We are joined. And this is what we are born into. You can't be offended in the presence of God. Because you can't see the beauty in his presence and be offended by ushers. We cannot be around the 24 elders with their with your crown cast down and you are consumed by where you sit. You consume by what is wrong with you. There is more to be gained by loving God and looking at the beauty of his holiness. Can you see? You may see empty seats, but those are not empty seats. There are cloud of witnesses. There are angels who are seated. They are ministering spirits unto us. And that is the reality. And until you are born again, 
you will never appreciate this dimension of reality. The yastic of spirituality is now reduced to what is in hand. The car we drive. But you are not defined by what you drive, but what drives you. You are not defined by what you have, but who have you? Who do you have in your life? It's only a born again. Once I was in darkness, the things we boast in, Paul said, I used to boast by scholarship. I used to boast by the level, which school did it? Are you uh, Western Sydney or, 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 or uh, you can name the schools. Or the Harvard or the Yale and the Princeton. I am from the wilderness experience. We are the men of John the Baptist. You may try to analyze me. You are not defined by what you put on. Somebody said, this must be a gangster. That is my decoy. You can see Daniel dressed like Babylon and still have the heart of gold. We have been trained to make up, to show up. But our heart is full of darkness. We look like Christ, but we don't have the image of Christ. Joseph had makeup on, but his soul was intact. And I pray that the church will understand the realities of the new man. So we have to be born again. When you are born again, your affections change. Your song is creating me a clean heart. Oh Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Because if everybody is happy with you and Christ is not, he matters. The rest are here today. Tomorrow they are not there. But Jesus lives forever. A born again believer have different affections. I pray that spiritually you will be on that tangent. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your life can never be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now that you are born again, you have to commit to developing a robust spirit. Because it was your spirit that got born again. It wasn't your flesh. <laughs> so your flesh may be 70. But your spirit may be more neutral. So you are a believer but you are trying to serve God in your own strength. It's called works. But you have to build your spirit. There are two dimensions of food. There is the food that nourishes this body. You have to eat right because you reflect what you eat. But as a born again, in the book of Peter, the apostle Peter, who worked with him, said, Desire the sincere milk, not the contaminated milk. We have all kinds of people sitting on boards of churches. We don't show the love of God. We eat one another. We don't care about God. We care about positions. Because we are selfish. Men by nature are selfish. God is only good when I have something to show for. Even our prayer is not coming from a, a pure place. 
Our prayer comes by competition. Oh, this person just came. Look at everything. He's married, have children, have everything, and I have nothing. If you have Christ, you cannot say you have nothing because all things were made by him. And so if you have him, you have everything yet to manifest. So don't mistake absence of something as nothing. It may be absent in this realm, but everything you need have already been provided for in Christ. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. So you need a dimension of capacity to pull that which is in heaven to earth. <laughs> oh my God. And so you need your spirit. Grow in a spirit. Be spiritually minded. And you will not fulfill the cravings of the flesh. And many a time when something go wrong, the carnal mind is who is responsible. But you cannot blame others for your own realities. Joseph was sold by brethren. He didn't go around saying that you are at fault. He said what you meant was evil. But what he, he is able to turn the worst of situations to bring the best of life. The Bible said, you see, there was mystery that not even angels knew. Satan had no idea what God was intending to do. This is why the Bible said, if the enemies of this world would have known, they would never have crucified Jesus. The enemy never knew it was a, a, a setup. It was a setup. So the enemy think that you are here to uh, remember the enemies wherever Jesus go. It's only Christians who never recognize Jesus and the religious. All the demons knew. What have you to do with you? Jesus, the son of the God. And all of them were saying, who are you? You are just a carpenter. You are it's amazing how Christians are very dumb. Demons know power. Evil spirit, no power. It's Christians who look at you and say, who are you? They were saying, Jesus, you are a carpenter, you are this. It's your father, not Joseph. Demons, they've never met. They saw him and said, we know you. You can't fool us. You are the son of God. What have you, what is your locus on this place? You belong to the supernatural. Why are you here? Have you come to destroy us? So Satan is never saying that he is powerful. What he's telling God is that, you know, this is the deal. You will destroy me, but not now. So there is no problem that is designed to destroy you. Can I say this? Can I say this? Can I get you? There is no problem designed to destroy you. Problems are designed to reveal the real you. You know, when you are a child and you are going through phases, teenage, and all the, you know, your hair is growing wrong, and you, you have to be perfect, and you are under uh, who is going to ask you for that dance and all that you care about, everybody else except you. But when you grow, you don't care. You don't dress for style, you dress for comfort. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know how people wear heels and they are dying and they are walking in. You know, grown-ups, this is why your parents always embarrass you. 
right before everybody, they will take it off. And where's the first time they are moving? Why? Because they realize life is too short to try to impress you. Are you here with me? What matters is Christ. He didn't design you for everything, but he designed you for something. Find that thing. It's, it's like a niche. It changes everything. So you have to develop your spirit. You have to be on a diet. After Paul being born again, the guy was a scholar, but he isolated himself to the wilderness of Arabia. Wanting to have understanding. Ah, I pray that the Bible said those who wait upon the Lord, they renew their strength. They, they mount up with wings like that of the eagle. They run and they are never tired. Hey, when you think they are done, God is about to start with them. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Jehovah God delivers the righteous that from it all. I know that Satan is not an entity, it's not a power autonomous within himself. Satan, I describe, is the pit bull of God who always back you into purpose. Anytime you go out there, Satan will back you right to your knees because you know who your redeemer is. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Can I prophesy over somebody in this season, in this 11th month of this year, God is about to do great and mighty things. Eyes have you, you see not, ears have you, you hear not, neither have it entered into the heart of men what God has prepared for those who love him. It's not enough, man of God, for God to love you because his love is constant, but it's everything for you to reciprocate the love. That I'm coming for you, I'm coming to you, not because I'm running away from heaven. I'm running away from Satan. I don't follow God because of heaven. I follow God because of him. In other words, the day God begins to relocate from heaven to hell, I want to be in hell. Why? Because the consuming desire of my heart is God himself. And so for me, God is the ultimate. Wherever you are, I shall be. Hey, wherever you are, I shall be. Why? Because God has done so much for me. I cannot sell it or the other day. David said, where can I run from you? When I go to the pit of hell you are there with me and so God just say a word and I will do it can you just fall in love with him you can't do that with that selfish thing there are a lot of Christians who are worshipping God based on what they benefit from him but many a time the things I thought would make me happy became burden. Okay, my wife is not here, so I will say this. Nobody, don't tell him. Facebook, don't snitch on me. And, and when you see it later, it's because I love you. We were believing God for a child for eight years. I was prophesying left and right. I remember one day I called your dad. And I said, at that time I wasn't married. And I said, God, for what God wants him to do, this is a wise man. Believe you me. I said, She's got to marry early. And when he decides to marry, don't say no. And she's to marry this one. Ask your dad. God said that. She didn't have to come and see me, try to be nice to me. It was a match made in heaven. God, listen, 
there is nothing in your life that is not already preordained. You are not an accident. You are not an afterthought. You came in the volume of the book written of you to do the will of God. But no human has written your book yet. So they think you are an accident. But there is a dimension of your life that is already written in eternity. It got revealed through prophecy. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A virgin shall be with a child. Mary was not born yet. But his destiny was recorded in Isaiah. Don't think you are an accident. This is why you need a prophet, a man who has mastered the spirit by grace to tell you what is to come. A prophet does not create an alternative world. A prophet reveals that which is established in heaven. Prayer is not making God do a new thing. Prayer is saying that remember your promises and your purposes and let it be done. Let your will be done on earth even as it's done in heaven. Prayer doesn't change the mind of God. Prayer changes you to be in the right frame to see that which God has provided. Because most of the things God has provided initially look like a mess. When, the, when God gives you his best, you will trivialize it because it doesn't look like it. He picked the foolish things of this world to conform, to confound the wise. You are a mystery of the word of God. There is a place of you, for you in the spirit, but you've got to grow in the spirit. So you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. There are people who will come into your life to propose to you. You look at them and they are not your ideal man. Tall, six pack. Some of us, we are one pack. Children marry body. Mature people marry hearts. Because there are people with six pack, but they have heart of demons. Very wicked. And there are people who don't look at it like it. But they have a heart of gold. And there are people with six pack and six pack hearts. Because they have been under the dimension and the influence of the spirit. You can have it all if you walk with him. And this is why prophecy is needed. Prophecy allows leadership not to be autocratic. Because if it's not prophecy, he was not part of the youth. Remember, the, the, his father and mother were all elders of the church. They were the bad boys because they were not church people. They were rapping. Laba, 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 laba. Very talented and smart. Never met him. And the Lord told me to tell Pastor Abalo, if you want leaders, it's not the ones you desire. The one on the street. God says so. And I thank God for Pastor Abalo abiding. There will never have been, you know, uh, living word worship the youth. Almost all the leaders were groomed by him. But he himself was displeased. God will never choose people you present because he's already chosen before he started. Don't force God to use people you like because he makes the decision all by himself. It's not everybody who is trained in our churches. Others are trained on the streets. In the drag homes. There are the next Billy Grahams and the next Abmoyers who are still on dope. 
trying to fight for their life. At times, God will look somewhere for Satan to do the worst. And then when all hope is lost, God will step in and say, now watch me do that which I have done most. And when God is done, nobody can take the credit because he did it all by himself. When God is done, all what we can say that God, are you not awesome beyond measure? So we need to seek to grow in the spirit. In the book of Acts chapter 13, there were teachers and prophets who met. And then the Holy Spirit spoke. Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. It's not for good. For the work I have for them. In other words, when the prophets among them spoke, it wasn't the prophet who spoke. It's the Holy Spirit. You see, <laughs> there is nothing democratic about church. When you told me, the Lord said, it's time I'm providing a place. There could have been a board meeting. We are not ready. We are not many. We are not this. But God said, this is the season. The next time it was done. That is how you grow in God. The church has never been a democratic place. It is a place where only one opinion matters. And that is the opinion of God. He lifts up people. He inspires us. He is the only one who decides today, I'm going to give a testimony. And many of us, we don't understand. When God blesses one, it's an announcement that I'm ready to bless all. miracle of God is an invitation to the church that I'm still the healer. How do I know I will be healed? If somebody walk away from here healed, why are we commanded to testify? Because testimonies are invitation to the others that you can still trust God. Doctors never have the final say. Doctors can never have the final say. I have seen situations that they said this cancer is unto death. And the Lord will speak otherwise. And watch the doctors always review the case. God never review. Men review. God never review. You were never a, a destroyed case. Before God founded the earth, he's already called you. You can run away from the will of God. But you end up doing it anyway. You come to that place of saying, I don't want to run again. Hello, Jonah. Where are you, Jonah? So you say you are not going. Some of you, when you look at yourself falling in love with God, and you begin to say, is it really me? It's you. It's you. And it's about to get more crazier. There is coming a time you will pray, and nobody will tell you to stop. Why? Because you are just in love with God. You are no more conscious of time. Because time is just actually a dent in the eternity of God. God has planted eternity in your heart and so though you may be 30 years but if you look into your heart there is a dimension of your life that you don't know the other day Abraham was still a man without a child God said go to a land I will show you and in you all the nations of this earth will be blessed in the book of in the life of Abraham God said Abraham I have everything I don't have a child God said I'm going to show to you the proof that you will have children and Abraham was invited to enter into a covenant and then Abraham slept and not only did Abraham see his own children, but he saw a nation in Egypt. So in the limited time of Abraham, he saw eternity, a dimension of eternity. 
in his heart. Do you know why every now and then you are anxious? Because you know that your reality is not the end. There is a dimension of God in you. You know that there is more. This is why. It's not because you are, you are, uh, you are selfish, but it's because there is a dimension in you that God said he will give you more. If you believe in me, I will give you more than you can ever desire. In a space of three years, God did in Jesus what eternity could not handle. Hey, listen to me and listen to me well. God loved you so much that he said, your value will determine the cost. And so when I look at your value, your value and the cost must coincide. And so he said, the only thing that can buy you back is not the blood of cows. It's not the blood of another human being because every other blood is is actually dented. The only blood that is able to redeem you and to wash you and to restore you is the blood of myself. So the other day, Paul said, what shall separate me from the love of God? No matter what you are going through, I came here to tell you, you are in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. God wants to work a miracle in your life. He wants people to give up on you so that he will come and say that the person you have rejected in my schemes of love, I have never rejected. I will take that thing and restore that thing and use that thing to my glory. And at the end of the day, when they look at you, they will marvel of the of, of the works of heaven. Can I prophesy over somebody? You have to desire to grow in the spirit. When you grow in the spirit, you don't judge people based on what they are going through. It's just a phase. It's just a phase. When you grow in the spirit, you are not restricted by religion. Religion is just a facade. God never intended to introduce religion. He intended to introduce relationship. He wants you to fall in love with Jesus. Men can mess up Jesus, but nobody can dispute the efficacy of Jesus. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The word became flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. Can I prophesy? I see angels all over this place. I see testimonies at work. I've seen the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud. I see God doing something that organized religion cannot think of. Can I prophesy over somebody? Your children will be receive the spirit of God. There is coming a time that God will dwell in among men that he will pour out his spirit not on elite but all flesh, not on the sons and daughters of the men of God but all flesh, all flesh, all flesh. In other words, God will begin to say that I am stepping away the creation of men and I'm getting to tell myself I'm going to the pubs, I'm going to the insane houses, I'm going to all the houses in King's Cross and I'm going to call people you have disqualified, I'm going to call people who have been discredited by virtue of what they've been through and I'm going to work a work in them that the people you said they were not people they will be the very hope of societies that places that people who didn't have fathers growing up, they will be the best of fathers you can think of. People who are in, uh, you know, uh, uh, cultural outcast, I will do a new thing in them. And I will do a great thing. And this is what the church is for. I'm hoping and praying for a church that we will not be defined by what we put on, that people will give us the benefit of doubt. Don't just make assumptions based on what your carnal mind allows you to process. Don't judge people. I remember 
we were in church, man of God. And the Lord showed me something and I was physically upset and spiritually upset. And I say, started saying something that didn't make sense to me then. Because God showed me a dream. What was going on in the you know, nursing homes. How they were abusing our old citizens. And how they were giving them sedative drugs. How they were beating them. And God told me that every nation is judged by the way it treats the most vulnerable. Being the children and the parents. And I begin to talk. In our church, we are blessed with a lot of people in the health industry, both working in the nursing homes, and I was telling them about some of the drugs they prescribed to them. They were shocked. How can this be? He doesn't work there. How does he know? By prophecy. And the Lord said, instruct the prime minister and the cabinet right from this room to set up an inquiry. This is on video. And we prophesied, we instructed within two months and there were women that I used as a point of contact Mama Mururi and Mrs. Maingihama they all worked in those places so the prime minister came out that they found a disturbing video what we didn't know was that a church which even Australia doesn't know in one Tohi road had made a revelation and the church, it was our duty to pray to pass. These people are not my, I'm not connected to them by blood. But by virtue of all coming from Adam, they are my relatives. You have relatives you don't know of. So don't judge by culture or by your language. Because we are all in together. Is somebody here with me? When 9-11 stroke America, they were not talking about anybody. They were just singing Amazing Grace. Because when calamity hits, it doesn't matter whether you speak properly or not. When tsunami hits, humanity becomes one. Every blood matters and every life matters. We are only separated when there is prosperity. Then there are classes. When an asteroid falls to the ground and is coming, you realize we are all human. Even America and China and Russia, they are only... They are only, you know, they are not one when they are on earth. When they are going to the moon, guess what? They go together. <laughs> when Russia, oh, this is funny. When Russia and America started this Ukraine thing, one of the things Russia said, we will leave your astronauts <laughs> in the moon because they went on Russia. So when we are traveling out of the world, we are human beings. Who knows what I'm talking about? But when we are in the level of prosperity, this one is Korean, this one is Irish, this one is black, we are all humans. And that is how the church of God must reflect. But for us to move it from saying to doing, we have to be spiritual. We don't have to be colorblind, but we have to be empathetic towards one another. It mustn't be what benefits me, but ultimately, what benefits the church because we are here today, tomorrow we are not here. When I preached for this great church, it was the old man. I don't think at that time Emmanuel had even given his life to Christ, though he was born in church. The parents are godly people. 
educators originally. I don't know who they are now. But they were both teachers. Great family. But he was still not giving his life to Christ. And look at what happened. A church I prayed for. Look, who pastors it now? It's Emmanuel. So let's not think about how we will benefit from this church. But let's look. Yes, when we are dead and gone, will something still be, be remembered about us? Who are those generations who are willing to give it all? Not for the church, but for Christ. Nobody give an offering to church. When you give an offering to church, you've lost. You must give your offering to Christ through the church. Are you here with me? And that is, that is what spirituality is about. It's amazing how these things work. Can God wake you up to pray for people you've never met? Or people who disrespect you? Because the proof of maturity is that God will always put the enemies, your enemies in your hands and see your attitude towards them. Will you kill them? Or will you give them life? God looked at Moses and said, Moses, you know, these people complain too much. Let me kill all of them and you know your children. I will make a nation out of them. And Moses turned on God. And Moses said, no. What do you think will be your reputation before others? God, you have given me a good measure, but I don't want it. Because people will say that you promised them and you were not able to do it. No wonder God said Moses was the meekest man on earth. And that's what we've been called to do. If you want to glory with God, learn to sacrifice with him. Parents know that. Mothers are something. Men get them pregnant and they get to carry the baby for nine months. And when you are in a good mood, you rub the tummy. That's my child. Hallelujah. But somebody must do the work. I came here because I want you to partner with God. What he wants to do in this community. It's not about failing the church. But it's about touching lives. I want you to say that God, I have lived a Christian life always thinking what you do for me. But now I want you to do something through me. I want to be part of it. It's not about the money. Because if you can give your body to a man that you hide your money from, it reveals your values. I don't want to go there, but can I do this? I don't understand prenups. I don't understand prenups. Because if I'm willing to share my body with you, my money is nothing. Because I'm more valuable than my money. I'm not saying, I'm not saying the discount, but I think that if I can share my body with you and I can sleep without protection, whilst there are knives there, I must have a little trust for you. If I don't trust you and I can come, I don't trust you with my money, but I trust you with my food. It doesn't make sense. It must be covenant. You trust God with your life, not with your money. 
How does this work? How does this work? It doesn't work. I have been in pain before and I don't want my worst enemy to go through what I've been through. That's the Christian life. Paul said, I really want to live but when I remember the cost of dying without knowing Jesus, if, he, if they beat me, I will go again. So Paul cannot be stopped. Some of you, you will be stopped serving because somebody looked at you a certain way. But the reason why your look cannot stop me is I'm looking at a better man on the throne. I'm looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I want living, living waters to be like that water of life that revives the soul. That when people are tired and they come to church, I see a lot of grace around you. And I see God is saying that you shall be an instrument of restoration because I've seen a heart that God himself is touching. And God is saying you don't look what you've been through, but it is about time that you will do great and mighty things in your life that the grace, grace of God will locate you in the mighty name of Jesus. And the issue of sickness, because the enemy wanted to declare your health to be a battleground, but that says the Lord, he's about to do great and mighty things in your life. That, that which you have not thought of, that is what God is about to do. And I see the healing grace of God not only touching you, but there is going to be a restoration in your family. Because the enemy wanted to bring confusion and misunderstanding and a lot of betrayers, but God said, watch me do a new thing in your life. That says the Lord. He's about to give you beautiful ashes, the holy of joy for morning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so that you shall be called the planting of the Lord. Because the enemy wanted to use offense to let you not settle in every church. But God is about to do a great thing and I know God is about to do something that will cause your love of him to come back. This is why I do what I do. I love God restoring people and doing great things. Listen, Emmanuel, this is just the beginning. Because what God wants to do with you is more than you can imagine. And what I'm asking the church to do is to believe in the vision. We are not giving to men. We are giving to God. We are making commitment that will build lives. I've watched God do so many great things that cannot be imagined. I've watched God help others to survive all kinds of afflictions. You shouldn't have been alive. The enemy, the enemy wanted to strike you with death. But God sustain your life. And God will continue to do great things in your life and through you. For God is putting in you a serving spirit and a sensitive heart. That many will be attracted to you by your service and your love. But there is an ongoing issue with your heart. If you don't know, go and ask your doctors. You have an issue with your heart. 
And that is responsible for your weariness, your tiredness. But the Lord said by a touch, there is going to be instant healing in your life. That there was going to be a time there would have been a bypass in your heart. But by a touch, God is going to do a new thing in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, healing virtue touch you right now. Listen, one of the great things we must understand, the church was called to be prophetic. In the book of uh, Peter, he said, every scripture is prophecy. God doesn't prophesy. <laughs> God is beyond, God is prophecy. Jesus is prophecy. Right? But there is a dimension. God is eternal, which means God is not in time. Time is in God. God is neither here nor there. God is everywhere at the same time. So when we prophesy, we are not going to tell you what God is going to do. We are telling you what God has already done. But it's yet to manifest now. So prophecy gives you guidance to walk towards the mark so that that which is done in the spirit will manifest in flesh. Prophecy calls you to prayer. Prophecy does not exempt you from prayer. Prophecy calls you to prayer. And prayer doesn't change God. Prayer helps you to be available for that which God has made available for you. Does that make sense? <laughs> there are certain scriptures we got it wrong. Not the Bible, but interpretation of it. When you are reading the Bible, the opinion of others, call commentary is not part of the sacredness of the Bible. So don't put commentaries on God. So let me give you an example. God will give you the desires of your heart. No. The original text said God will give you what to desire. The things I want, I want them no more. Because God has changed the way I see life. For instance, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind would have been bound, will, will be bound. Wrong. I will give you the keys of the kingdom that whatever you bind will have been bound in heaven. Because we don't set agenda for God. Whoever sets your agenda controls your destiny. So, consistently, God said, when you pray, number one, before you pray, our Father, who acts in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Keys don't create doors. Doors determine keys. So you don't go and buy a key to search for a door. The kind of door determines the key. So when God said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, it means that I will give you intuition that you gravitate. I'll give you the keys that you wouldn't pray on nursery prayer. 
God will never change. We are the ones who change. I'll give you the key so you know when to swim and when to walk. Peter, let me give you this. I love this. I've seen there is prophetic teaching and built in you. And there is great grace of wisdom. That you are a man of many things. You are a Daniel and a Joseph of your generation. That through wisdom, God will do great things in your life. Remember, Jesus did something unique. He told the disciple, get into the boat and go to the other side. Whilst I am with the people, they got into the boat, they went to the other side, and Jesus went up to pray. And when the, the storm was great, he started walking on the water coming. And they said, this is a ghost. This is a ghost. And Jesus said, I'm not a ghost. I am him. And Peter said, if you are Jesus, command me to come. And he said, come. And immediately, Peter begins to walk on the water. Peter had never known that you can walk on water. What is prayer? Prayer is dialogue between humanity and divinity. So every conversation with Jesus is prayer. So Peter said, normally, when it comes to waters, you have to swim in it. So Christians, problems we are supposed to walk in. We endure things we are not supposed to endure. Job, have you commanded your morning since your days began? We don't know problems we're supposed to stop and the ones we're supposed to ask God for the grace to go through. When you are pregnant with a child, by nature, at least nine months, or seven, eight, 36 weeks, 38, 40 years, but from 42, if even the child doesn't want to come, we will force the child to come. But when a fibroid comes, fibroid doesn't have right. You don't entertain what shouldn't be there. So Peter was to walk on water, do the impossible. We look so much like our communities. They get sick and they are afraid to die. They are preparing. We get sick and we behave like them. No, 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 no. We have a God they don't. What kills them cannot kill us. We are afraid. We don't know what the future holds. Guess what? I may not know, but I know who holds the future. Are, are you with me? And this, what destroyed them reveal us. Because something in my life must die, but it's not me. They are the excesses. They are the baggages. My physical body needs this clothes, but my spiritual body doesn't. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Now, in the book of Hebrews, we are introduced to people who walked by faith. Walking by faith is walking in the spirit. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, he says, Since we are now surrounded by this crowd of witnesses, let lay aside every weight, bitterness, anger, 
there are the things we must lay aside. Some of us, we need to lay aside anger, bitterness. Somebody drop you, so what? Is their loss. They said you were not good enough, but God had made you. Some of us, we, are, we were too proud and arrogant because we thought we were the first cousins of God. We've never sinned. We are righteous. Carry on, but me, I'm not a saint. I'm a sinner saved by grace. So every now and then, God will create a situation for you not to think so highly of yourself. We think I'm better than you. I'm more blessed than you. Uh, Where do you live? uh, I live in a good Sabbath. My children went to the best school. At the end of the day, it's not the school you went that determines. It's the God. It's God who determines. Only God. Uh, Somebody went to prison on false accusation called Joseph. He went in as a rapist. And without any retrial, no matter your opinion, they didn't have to change. God created a need. That made a prime minister out of the supposedly rapist person. So if you go around and this person did this, this person did this, you are still carrying a weight. To be spiritual is to learn to forgive freely. Because listen to me, Satan doesn't only hate believers, Satan hates everybody. You think Satan loves sinners? No, Satan hates everybody. Why? Because everybody is a candidate for salvation. But demons are not. When Satan sinned, he lost his position. When we sinned, we were promoted. Don't move. Let me teach you. The moment Satan thought of himself more highly and disobeyed God, he dropped him. But when the first Adam, who was a living soul, sinned against God, the second Adam, who was a living spirit, came. So our sin upgraded us. So we are new creation, not after the order of the first man. So the reason why you have to be born again is because your parents give birth to a living soul. But when you believe Jesus, you become a living spirit. That's the reality. So we are an upgrade. The whole world, according to Romans, is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. We are for power. We call things that are not as though they are. That is our destiny. We conform to the image of Christ. When you enter a place, you know you are the salt of that place. Some of you, your workplace, you were not put there to make money. You were put there to win souls. Hello? You were not put there to balance the books. Because if miracle gets you a job, God have an agenda for the place. Paul will build tents not to make money so he can build a community. I, I will show you this. So Paul will be building tents and will be sweating, and will be wiping away the sweat, he will drop a towel. People will take and be healed. So Paul was not blessing the mantle for healing. He was just working. Somebody mistakenly touched it, and they were healed. They said, wow, this works. 
Christians, we don't work for miracles. We work and miracles happen. The greatest insult any man of God can insult God is to fake miracles. Because what you are saying that I don't trust you for healing. So it's an insult. The reason why we fake miracles, we fake prophecies is because we want to benefit from them. But when you do the work of God, this sign shall follow them that believes. So I can see the whole place fill up. You know why? Because when people come Sunday and they hear the word, they go to workplace, people who are depressed, when they are around them, they feel right, they feel good. It will take time, then they realize, anytime I am anxious and I come around this sister, something happens. And they want to be around you. And then finally, they will figure it out. What kind of spirit is this? This is not normal spirit. This is Jesus' kind of spirit. What, what, what kind of spirit is it? There is nothing dubious about you. Just love for loving's sake. What, what kind of spirit is this? That when people love you, they want something from you. They want to use you and dump you. But when you love, you love for the benefit of the person you are loving, not for your benefit. Are you here? And this is what will do it. You touch people, they are healed. And then they, they want to make God of you. And you say, no, 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 I'm just like you. I am just there. If you think I'm powerful, let me introduce you to my boss. They say, where is the boss? You say, close your eyes. The boss is here. And that is what prophecy is. What is prophecy according to Revelations? Prophecy is the testimony of Christ. It means Jesus is still alive. I've seen great grace locating you. I don't understand, but I've seen you in the midst of thread. And there is a hand of God touching you. And God will do through you great things. You see, the problem is that we think God's children are the people who are born again and they are not doing gigs anywhere. But God have children who are still doing gigs. And they still don't know yet. God have children who are hooked on drugs. There were two sons. One took the gift talents and went around and messed it. And then all of a sudden, the person came to himself. And he said, in my father's house. But you know what? What humility does. It doesn't emasculate people. Prophecy is not meant to reveal the mess of people, but it dresses you up. It corrects you. It pulls you in. God doesn't call us to shelter. You are a sinner. Stop sin. Any man of God who uses sin and righteousness as a bait have something to hide. You watch it. Anybody, you are going to hell, you are going to hell. They are the first people who go there. You see, people think by projecting the wrong in you, it makes them right. But my own mistakes does not justify yours. So I can forget about my hatred, 
and focus on your mistake. But it doesn't make me a saint. But when we realize we share something in common, and that is our sin, but there is one Savior, then what about concentrating on him? I don't want to, people to come to God because of hell. And I don't want people to come to God because of heaven. I want them to come to Jesus because he is Jesus. That's all what I want. So I preach Christ, the power of God. There will come a time I may disappoint you. I may not dress appropriate. I'll be too sick. I'll be too tired to show up on time. But Jesus would never disappoint you. He doesn't need to drive to come to you. He has been with you. Walking in the shadow of darkness. When you didn't know him, he knew you. He was with you. Through sickness, through everything. But it's time he allowed men to make him who has always been within the shadows the forefront of your life. And that is why we are here. Let's stop playing games with Jesus and enthrone him in our churches. Let Jesus begin to drive the agenda, our passion for God, the love for humanity, and the love for things that will stand the test of time. They are the greatest value, and that is the values of God. You are not defined by which, what you put on. You are defined by your level of sanctity, the expression of love. Love is not envious. Love is not jealous. Love have patience for others to grow. Love is long-suffering. Because, listen, the proof that you are alive is you will get it wrong. But the proof of love is that I am here when you need help. That I'm willing to help you to become who God destined you to be. Ah, there is a call of God on your life. You may not know it. But there is a great call of God on her life. I, I, here, I've just been here for once. But God will give her a heart for ministry. And this is how you grow. Intercede for others. Just love people, especially the young ones, and reach out to them because there is a great grace on your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And I love the spirit she carries in the mighty name of Jesus. I love your commitment to the things of God. And there is a place in life for you. And I see great grace of God being in you, and God will be working great things in your life, in the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, I know, you know what I saw, I see what I see. Ah, your nephew who never was, uh, Annette and Michael's first child, was Jason, right? So I saw Jason, but the Lord said, not that Jason, but a different Jason. So is there a Jason? Jason, come. In every place, there are pillars. And this is a great pillar. 
Heaven's language are pictures. Prophets don't just prophesy. Prophecy is for everybody. Prophets teach how to. Jesus said, <laughs> can I go there? In the book of Timothy, we are told, let's do the Ephesians one. He who ascended on high gave gifts unto men. He makes others apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. To do what? For the work of ministry. No. But to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So my duty is not for ministry. My duty is to prepare you for ministry. So prophets equip the church with the eyes to see. And with the ears to hear. If you need me to make heaven, you will, make, you will not make it. But I need to train you so you can hear him and see him when he shows up. So it is your duty to do ministry. So I help you and you are a pillar. And God will do great things in your life. The enemy wants to eliminate you through accident, but God sustained your life. And this is why you survived. I've never met you. But God wants to do a great thing in your life. And God will continue to do a great thing in your life. Amen. And watch me that this thing will come to pass. That there is coming a time God will do so many great things. You know, let me tell you a story. There is a great soul who is doing great things for God. His father was in ministry. He's, he's called Austin. Among all of them, he was just a cameraman. He was the least among them who wanted to do ministry. But the day or the week before the father will go and be with the Lord, he called Jesus, uh, Joel to preach and the rest is history. I've seen you that there is going to be a great unction on your life. And you will teach with passion. And I will not be surprised if God called me here for this. For this. Listen, there is coming a time you think God has blessed you financially. You haven't seen anything yet. God is going to allow you to go a speed that you have no idea. Your church shouldn't be like every other church. Teach them that money is important, but not as to God. But you need money to interpret your love for God. So financial prudence and spiritual integrity. Some dangerous combination. You know what it is like to preach not for money? Because God has blessed you. So you can tell your truth and not care about offering. That's what God is doing. People who are humble and yet resourceful. 
people who wear crowns, but they can cast down the crown and fall on their feet because they are not defined by perception of others. And that's what God wants to do. So Jason, be in for that which God is doing. And God will shock you. Let me tell you a secret. Never do things for church. If the church wants to bless you, fine. But don't do things for church and take money. Very important. Very important. If it is the way you survive, it's a different thing. But if you have extra way of making money, use your talent as worship. In the Hebrew language, a bad is work and it's also worship. So you worship God through your work. I don't know you because you come to church. If I really want to know you, I'll come to your workplace, your attitude. Do you work with love? Or you are rude? Prophecy, take all this. Because there is a great responsibility. That's why God has been showing up in your dream. Crusades and great things happen. And there is a great mantle that is falling on him. That great things will be done. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, so mommy, Benis, you know the funny thing I'm thinking? This is not an ordinary church. Everybody is a leader. If you've not heard it, I'm telling you, every one of you are leaders in your own right. And I see a spread like, like it's, it's a revival, but it's not a revival like the Benhins do it, but revival, professional revivals wow. that I've seen, you know, like the cell meeting, but this time in workplaces, that people will begin to, on, on the social networking, people are testing scriptures, and, and, and there is going to be so much uh, 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 so much life that is going on. And your church meetings will not be like what we do, come and sing. At times you will come and dine together and just share the love of God. And I see a visible manifestation and there is going to be a realm of divine healing. I was here to take care of certain emotional stuff. Certain mistrust we have. Is this worth it? Is it taking toll on me? I came here to revive your soul. And from next week, your bodies will be revived. I see healings taking place. There is a lot of, you know, teaching, prophetic teaching trapped in you. And I see restoration also happening in your home. In your home. And I heard that angel said, dead things will be alive. Whatever is dead in your home, I see revival happening in your life. And I see you testifying. I see you testifying. Your whole family will come to the saving grace and worship God together. This is what God has done. Take the stage. Stand to your feet. We are done. Sorry for taking your time, but I can't help it.
in the presence of God. So you know what? I love what God has begun in your life, and I love what will be going on. This ministry, let us all carry the load together. Amen. Man of God, you don't need 10 years before you decide. You don't need 10 years. Why pay rent when you can owe? In this economy, he knows our property. Paid for. Everything finished. How can we serve a big God and be weak? It's impossible. It's impossible. What will set you apart is not your God, but your response to him. God cannot work outside his law, his word. So when God gives you instruction, there is nothing else he can do because your response will trigger the rest. Amen. And so what this? You don't need the 10 years to make a decision. Make the decision now. And we don't need rich people to come. We need us to make it happen. And I love what this God is doing. You'll be a property consultant. So how can you be a property consultant? And if God is working for you, you privately, won't he do it for his church? Amen. Amen. So this is, a, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. <laughs> and watch what God is doing. Any spirit around this neighborhood that crashes godliness, a new sheriff have come to town. We break the power of addictions and abuse in the atmosphere. We declare that the spirit of this great commission will control this environment. In the mighty name of Jesus. Angels on assignment and above all, I see angels who are ministering spirits unto us will work with your spirit in dimensions you have not known. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, I pray any stress on your people crashes now. You take absolute control their body, soul, and spirit. A revival, a new sense of reawakening, realignment in the mighty name of Jesus. And above all, 
order our steps in the mighty name of Jesus accidental poisons are neutralized the power of the needle is neutralized Addictions are broken. In the mighty name of Jesus. We enforce your will. Have the say and have the stage. Your purposes established over our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Is it okay to pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be a great impartation over the life of your servant. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.